everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. Just a quick reminder on this one. As with every other one we've ever done, it's not a spoiler-free podcast. So if you're hoping to listen to this, you've never seen Felicity before, and you don't want to know anything about anything that comes up in the future, this may not be the place for you. Just saying. But it's still a fun podcast. Listen in and join us. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today after a couple weeks off? Yeah, we took a couple weeks off, so I've been missing you guys. I have stayed off of Instagram just in case there were any spoilers so that I didn't know what happened in this first episode. Um, So now I know what happened. I'll catch up with everyone. Uh, So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Fish treated this like a true cliffhanger. Not quite as long as it would have been for people in real time watching it, but still, nonetheless, it was a, it was a break. There was some anticipation. And today we are here to talk about season two, episode one called Sophomoric, which originally aired September 26th, 1999, directed by Lawrence Trilling, writer, uh, written by JJ Abrams. And here's the description for this one. Felicity returns to school after choosing to spend the summer with Ben. She becomes an RA just in time to deal with a student housing shortage, living with Megan and an arrogant new freshman, Brian Burke, who is Michael Pena. Uh, goodness. Hey, that is a description of things that happened. Uh, apparently they thought Brian Burke was more important than <laughs> a host of other really important characters. <laughs> Sean. But who am I to argue with Megan? that write-up? Um, I'm a podcaster, see who I am, so I'm arguing with it. <laughs> anyway, Fish, where do you want to start? That's interesting, because I was kind of hoping that Berkey, as he calls himself, uh-huh. would be sticking around and hitting on Felicity for, like, the rest of the year. He will and... stick around, yes. Okay, so, I mean... All right, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens there. He, I don't know that he was worth a call out in this episode. I mean, is he more worth a call out? Is he worth a call out and then not mention Noel or Julie, for example? Right. Who, I don't know. It's, yeah. you know, it's a choice. I made a choice. a choice. And we're making choices here too. Not all choices are good choices. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's how it works with choices yeah and i think another maybe not great choice was the title so sophomoric i i don't know i i feel like it's hard to not see it as a play on you know or a judgment on the way that everyone is dealing with what has happened Mm -hmm. so yes we just looked this up and sophomore can just mean like applies to sophomores Mm -hmm. but i don't think that's what they were going for you know it also means juvenile pretentious like immature and honestly i think people you know people are mad um they have had some time to cool off but 
you know, we're bringing back a group of people who have, who have really different, different people in the group have hurt others mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure yeah. it out. And it's way more mature than I would be in this situation, which is yeah. I would never see you again. Yeah. Well, and just because it's, they've had a little bit of time to cool off. Yes. In measured in months they have, but they haven't seen the people who hurt them. So Mm -hmm. they're, they've maybe been dealing with it, but the pressure of seeing that person again for the first time has been looming for months too. So this is it. This is the boiling point. Um, And you know, you would think that this is really going to be one of the more tense parts of resolving whatever's been going on, because it's this first opportunity to sort of see where everybody stands in the situation. Yeah. And as I said, I just wouldn't deal with it. I'd Mm -hmm. be like, you know what? I don't need to see you anymore. I don't, like if I need to go find a new group of friends, that's how it is. So, and I do think what's interesting about this is that it, I think if we really unpack it, where we might end up finding that every character handles this a little differently in terms of the conflict of it all. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and they're all feeling different things, but what is the same is that they aren't running away and just not like, not being part of the group and other friendships. Um, They aren't completely cutting every person out, Mm -hmm. just not to see the person who hurt them. Well, and some of that you could say is, is that maturity or is that we have a show with this group of people that we've established in season (laughs) one and, you know, it's not that interesting if (laughs) like, they're all just like, we're gonna go and see new friends uh, you know, for the writers, this is the tension. This is the cool part where they get to explore how people work through this. But in the real world, maybe some people would have broken off and been like, I'm going to go hang out with these other friends that I never made last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, there certainly are some. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, there are some convenient things for casting, like, for example, Felicity and Megan are now roommates again. Mm -hmm. And by the end, Julie's living with Sean and Ben. Mm -hmm. And Javier's just back, got his visa, cool. So, I mean, there's a little bit of that. There's a little too much convenience in this episode for my liking, to be very honest with you. But I appreciate that we're just coming back. You know, we're just getting back into it. They have to give us, you know, a sense of place, get us back into the groove. Is it on this watch? Did it feel a little too convenient for me? (laughs) It did. Um, It felt a lot too convenient (laughs) for me. There were a few moments that I was like, oh, they're nodding at this. Uh, Like, you know, they're they're kind of winking at us while they're doing it. And other times it's just like, all right, we got to get back into this. (laughs) Everybody just deal with it. And that's what we're doing. Um, Yeah. Because that's not the star of the show, right? The star is the drama 
and everything that happens between these people when you force them to be together because Uh of the other friendships they've made. Um, And so, first of all, I I just love that Javier's back. I mean, he was so- He got a visa. (laughs) He got a visa. She's happy. Felicity's happy. He got a visa and then walks out the door. But he was so funny in this episode, just all his little, little remarks. And I love that we open up with Felicity, you know, talking to him, starting to tell the story and then just walking out the door. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, I can't take it. I'm so emotional. I am going to kill you. I'm going to fire you. It was, it was like he, he downgraded, but it was still a serious (laughs) repercussion in that first, uh, the first retelling. This, this episode handled time in an interesting way because they were obviously trying to extend the life of their cliffhanger as long as they could uh, Mm -hmm. remind the audience, whether they were coming back from watching the first season or maybe try and remind a new audience or inform a new audience of the fact that they had left off on this cliffhanger. So there was a strange construction of this episode where it was almost like watching Memento. It was like (laughs) they, they, they were, they went back and then they went forward and they went back again. Mm -hmm. It was like, what's happening. But you actually, I made note of the fact that when they opened the episode, because they actually open it and Felicity is getting in the cab again, Mm -hmm. she is getting in the cab at the end of season one and she's about to tell the cab driver where to go and when you saw that we were opening on that you were like oh we're starting here yeah i was very surprised i thought we were going to start like mid i don't know first day first week like we were just going to jump in and then kind of learn as we went Mm -hmm. and when it opened on the cab scene i was like whoa okay we're going like all the way back but it made sense once it was a story and yeah, they did actually then do I held I my tongue were. and I was like that's not really what they're doing here but yeah she was she was retelling the story to Javier and she was like and picture it I'm in the cab <laughs> you know like she's like <laughs> Sophia Petrillo from the Golden Girls uh picture it it's last summer <laughs> start of the summer <laughs> like um yeah, she's retelling the story to Javier. So she's in the present sort moment of. thinking back. Yeah, she's sort of retelling it. I, I feel like she is enjoying. Okay, I would say I am just, I am loving all the chemistry between the different cast, between the different actors. There is so much going on that is clicking and right. And I'm excited about the second season. Like Felicity, it seems like she's got her groove with Javier. She's Mm -hmm. teasing him. She's like, look, I'm just gonna go to this meeting. I'll come back and tell you. And of course it's like throwing Javier into, you know, spasms and like, he's just like, I can't handle it. And she- Uh, Let's just note for a second. She has to go because she got a page on her beeper. I know. Okay, let's just think about it for a moment, the moment that it deserves. And now we can move on. She got a page. (laughs) And it's time to go. Probably all RAs 
maybe were given a beeper, but I don't remember Noel ever wearing his. But let's just reiterate again for those who are just starting with us with season two, Noel was a crap RA. So maybe which may be debatable looked. by the characters in this episode, but we've well established yeah. our opinion on this. Yes. And so maybe he just didn't look at his beeper. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like maybe this is a safety precaution. I don't see Megan with one. You know, this is just a, maybe she got the Yuri connection. Uh, you know, maybe she is a part time Coke dealer and that will be part of the drama for the rest of the. <laughs> you know, as much as this is a spoiler, it's not a spoiler free podcast. I'm not willing to share that particular detail yet oh, um could be a coke dealer yeah could, who knows who knows what's not me. That going on but she one of you know one of the things that i wanted to point out about this season is although there are some aesthetic choices that harken back to what we saw last season like for example the dorm room mm -hmm. There's also, um, I think, an intentional choice to make this a summary feel. I think mm -hmm. there's a there's a certain lightness that this episode has aesthetically that last season did not have. And I think part of that, and I'm going to say it, and you're not going to believe me because there's a lot of growth happening here, is what Felicity is wearing mm -hmm. for, you know, you know, throughout the episode, she's wearing a lot of lighter, more summery outfits. Makes sense. It's meant to be the end of summer. There was not a single sweater. Not a single sweater. Not one. And when I believe she was wearing a sweater in the very first episode in the pilot when she was getting her picture taken. So just because it's summer doesn't mean she wouldn't wear a sweater. It's a choice. <laughs> I think I think the network was literally like, we just make it lighter, more color. Let's just like, just let's not have such a heavy look. Um, I felt that in this episode and I think they'll continue to go in that direction too. Yeah, I wrote that down. I said it's lighter and there are bright colors and every, I think all of the female cast members have been kind of sexed up. Like they're all looking uh -huh. at a lot more sexy than they used to like this is um you know one of the first times that we see like megan with her like belly button showing but not covered by a heavy shirt that's kind of not boxy mm -hmm. and felicity's wearing clothes that actually fit her and julia's wearing a super tight super pink uh shirt mm -hmm. elena's got like the tight hot jeans on and her hair is just gorgeous i mean the guys i think pretty much you know they were they were good looking in the first one and and we got to see a lot of skin because of the swimming and the very short shorts with the track yeah the same like shorts that sort of <laughs> look that we got yeah that's okay i'm again we were sort of shuddering to ourselves it's fine yeah it's it, those may not have been the sexiest scenes ever but we got to see a lot of skin with the guys mm -hmm. and now the girls are starting to catch up it's like all right they're just wearing nicer stuff and their hair's nicer yeah yeah i mean nicer. 
And and when you say sexed up, I mean, I think they're still on on the conservative conservative ish side of the line, barring Megan. But Megan is in a different bucket all to herself. But I but I do think they they made a new choice this season. Absolutely. Um, So it's yeah, it's it's interesting. You can you can feel a shift in in the look that they wanted to have for the show, but they're still trying to root us in the characters that we know and love and how they talk to each other. And, but they're, you know, it's, it's been a summer. They're all dealing with a lot of stuff and they're coming back and they've got a new version of themselves to present to the world. But you're right. They are still holding on to a few things. Like for example, the tapes to Sally that's still happening. So look, folks, hey, <laughs> I can't imagine there are a lot of people jumping into our podcast in season two that didn't hear season one. If you are one of those people, feel free to listen back to some of the glorious <laughs> greatest hits that we've had to this point. But one thing that you would know if you've been following along is the the just the angst that I have. <laughs> I have angst because a major device that they set up in this show is that Felicity tells us her innermost thoughts by leaving tapes to her old French tutor. And she tells us everything she's thinking. And then she pops the tape in the mail. She sends it off to Sally. And then at the end of the episode, Sally leaves a tape for Felicity and sends it back. So Sally can respond to all the wonderful things that Felicity has said. And I don't know. Was it two thirds of the way through season one? They were like, "Ugh, we don't love this. So Felicity continued to leave tapes for Sally and we never heard from Sally again. And yet they were still having Felicity leave the tapes. So that catches us up to this episode (laughs) where Felicity is still leaving tapes to Sally. But at one point, Ben walks into the room while Felicity is leaving a tape for Sally. And he says exactly what I'm thinking and maybe what all of you are thinking. He says, yep. what is that? Sally? Still making those? <laughs> oh, Benjamin. I knew you were going to love that moment. I was just, it was like the show knows it has an issue. <laughs> And they're going to voice it through Ben, but that's not enough for me yet. (laughs) But I appreciate that they know there's an issue here and that they had Ben voice it on behalf of me and some percentage of the rest of you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, and, And they do this a couple of times, you know, they did it with the whole stalker thing. hmm. Um, so I don't know. I kind of enjoy that they do this sometimes, but clearly they wanted to set up, you know, a situation for the end uh, with the tape and, and we'll get into that. So, yeah, they still need that device for some reason, but they weren't prepared to do the device they set up. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to her to be continuing to leave tapes for Sally. But I've got to tell you, where has Sally been? It has been at least half a year now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still on the fence. I don't know whether she is like off on a tropical Island with Emmett and they're married and she's like six months pregnant and they're just chilling like in a hammock and it's all cool or, you know, she might be dead. 
Mm-hmm. Guys, this wouldn't be an issue if they didn't keep having Felicity leave Tate for <laughs> Sally. I just want to <laughs> hammer down on that point. If they abandoned it, it would be fine with me. But mm-hmm. they're doing it halfway. You know, they're they're having their cake and then they're eating it too. Or I don't know, they're eating somebody else's cake, maybe like a Megan <laughs> sort of situation. I'm not sure what's going on here. All I know is uh I need to hear from Sally if they're going to keep leaving tapes for her. This is driving me bananas. Oh, but you know what else they held on to? Basically the same exact dorm set. Yes. I was like, is this the same dorm room? And then Felicity says to the non-existent Sally, Uh it's a new room. Hear that squeak you've never heard before in the bed? It's the only difference. (laughs) So, (laughs) including my roommate. Um, And I just have to say, like, (laughs) I am so happy that they are roommates again. Um, I think the chemistry between Megan and Felicity in this first episode was just like chef's kiss. Like, yeah. The back and forth between the two of them when they are talking to the advisees where Felicity is trying to be organized and serious and give them all the information. And Megan is just like sharing all of the things about Felicity. Yeah. All the things that Felicity got mad at her about before (laughs) for sharing. She's like, yeah, she only had uh, one person she ever had sex with. And oh, by the way, she like didn't even know the guy. So really, yeah, she's not great to talk to about birth control. Um, oh, and let me just encourage this guy who's hitting on her. You know, she totally had an affair with uh, her RA last year. Yeah, they're so, saying this in front, of, in front of 46 advisees in their first yeah. RA meeting. Yeah. I, it's like with Megan, they, how do you even describe their relationship? They broke the ice last year, Mm -hmm. but is it frosty still? Sure is. You know, it's like, it's, uh, you know, if, if you could say that at the start of last season, they were, you know, Felicity was tentative. She she had opinions about Megan and she was trying to like ask for things and ask her to remove some skulls when her parents came over. And like, she was just very like tiptoeing in and then Megan would kind of sweater away, sweater away real quick. And then that was it. And there was no conversations. I mean, so much of what we saw of Megan in season one was her entering and exiting rooms in really memorable ways. Um, she would get 10 seconds of dialogue on a regular basis and that was it. And she had to make a meal out of it, which she always did. So they bring her back now and they're like, all right, we've broken through that. We can have longer than 10 to 15 second scenes with these two. And now we want to make them both be more, even more who they are, like to the fullest extent of the law Yeah, <laughs> and just see what happens. Yeah, I agree it's with that. It's not a different relationship. It's just bigger. I mean, it's, I I feel like it's a little different because Felicity is standing up for herself more. 
Yeah. I was surprised that she actually went down and asked for a room change. Um, I was like, all right, like you're, ta- you're taking your life in your own hands here. That's, that's good. And you're actually, I didn't realize how upsetting Megan was for her because we just, you know, she's different. She's a little kooky, but we don't, I don't think we really see Felicity so upset with her other than when Megan is um, spilling her secrets all over the place, which is what she does. But I also think that Felicity is dealing with a lot, a lot right now, you know, she's, at probably a very stressful version of herself um she's or she's dealing with a lot of stressors and even though some of the conflict that she has with the others in the group happens after we've seen these scenes with Megan she knows it's coming there's probably a really ominous feeling for her being back on campus and knowing that she is going to run into a handful of people who don't love her right now and so does she need Megan in this moment? Probably not. Yeah, but at the same time, we also see Megan changing where she, she, I think she makes a good faith effort to sit down and listen to Felicity and try to be there for her. And, you know, she turns a chair around, she sits down, she like puts her hand uh, up and puts her chin in her hand and it's like I'm listening and Felicity being the naive girl she continues to be is like well here let me unload my heart and and Megan gets to a certain point very quickly where she's like nope nope we got to stop we got to stop because you're being super genuine and I I'm just going to be super sarcastic and like hurt you. So we need to stop. Mm-hmm. She and knows she her limits. Away. She articulates them. It's but like she's not... itchy in that scene. <laughs> well, I would be too. I'd be sitting there going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, ugh. Um, and, but what she doesn't do is actually make a snarky, sarcastic comment. She says, I got to stop and walk away from this, but she's not actually me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, yeah. for me, that's a step forward. Yeah, it's she's like, preempting her meanness. She knows it's coming. Right. She gave Felicity as much time as she had to be like in that itchy state before she unleashed something sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And maybe next time she'll get 20 seconds in. Exactly. So it's I just, see like a know. future. Yeah. I feel like this can evolve. But let's circle back and just put a finer point on why this happened, all of this. So uh, yeah. when we talk about convenience, <laughs> mm-hmm. so one of the first things that happens in this episode is Felicity is, ah, she's running, she's running. She, she gets the page. She has to run to the dorm. Ah, and she misses, she has just missed her very first RA meeting, which... Megan did attend and is kind of snarky about it, but she does see the person who was leading the meeting, probably like the supervisor RA, like the senior RA in the dorm, whatever it is. And that person's still there, like cleaning up papers and doing it, whatever. And she's like, ah, did I miss the meeting? And I was like, yeah, but I can give you the Cliff's Notes version. 
there's a lot of asbestos in the dorms. We're combining rooms. You have, you probably have a shared space now. And Felicity is like, oh man. So, um, okay. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about all this. I mean, I feel like (laughs) if you're the, no, if you're the college. This is a really bad PR story. <laughs> yeah, asbestos is not good. It's certainly not good. I mean, I'm not um, saying I'm not saying put people in singles and make them deal with the asbestos and not tell them because you don't want to have bad <laughs> PR. I'm saying when you found out there was asbestos, which probably happened decades ago that you found out about this, or it's visible to you, and everybody's been complaining about it for years, fix it over the summer. Yeah, it seemed like it was a a new thing that they had found. Oh, and suddenly there's asbestos. <laughs> no, like suddenly, I, I mean, there was a point, right, where everyone was like, oh, asbestos is bad for us, and we shouldn't have it around anymore, because they used to use it all the time. Okay, is that what and we're saying? I, I feel like the 90s was when everyone had the asbestos scare. So what you're saying is asbestos was always there. They always saw it. And somewhere between season one and season two, they realized it was bad for you. Yeah, like the whole world, like everyone all of a sudden was like, we have to replace the asbestos because I think it's like some sort of insulator that they actually put in buildings on purpose. It's not like black mold. Huh. It, it was originally had a use for buildings. Okay. And so, of course, they always knew it was there. They used it to build the building. It's like lead paint, right? Yeah. They painted with lead. And then all of a sudden it was like, why is everyone going crazy? Oh, it's the lead and the pain. You should take that out. Um, So, yeah, I feel like that's what happened. And didn't something like this happen on our campus? I feel like sophomore year. And Mm. it had something to do with like a building being shut down and people had to be housed in sort of like trailer type situations. Yeah, there was like this, because uh, it was another, it was like this whole building that they were doing something to, renovating, and then they like reopened it the next year. And I remember some of the people that like from my freshman year dorm ended up living there, but we had like temporary housing for a bunch of people. And they also converted some of the rooms into triples i remember because i had three friends who ended up having to live together gosh so All right. i think this actually happened like to us huh. well it didn't happen to me but okay but i i will say okay i am less angry with this episode <laughs> after your defense <laughs> i see what's happening here okay so all right they've they've just figured out asbestos is bad Yes. And they're sorting it out by they're just buying themselves some time to resolve the issue by piling up people in rooms. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, I have an an award to give. Oh, okay. Yes. And the award goes to Julie's new roommates. Yes. For worst roommates ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. 
forced. Okay. So those are the twin cheerleaders. Oh my God. Are they twins? Like I, I was like, I looked at them and I was like, are they, are they not? And then I was like, I don't care. Just run, run away. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So that's your award. I'm going to give us, I'm also going to give an award about them, but for something completely different. So is later in the episode, there's the best roommates ever. <laughs> no, it's not that they're the best roommates ever, but it was the most interesting camera shot. So oh. at the part, so we see those roommates twice. We see them when Julie first, so we see that Julie, we know that there's going to be people combining in rooms because we just had this conversation between Felicity and that more senior RA. We've seen Felicity paired up with Megan now. Felicity goes down to the housing office. She wants to get a room change and Julie is going to request one as well. Now, then, then they're going to be like, you know what? That's going to be really difficult because everybody's asking for that. We don't have the space. So Julie ends up kind of backing away from that conversation. But we see Julie interact with her roommates twice. The first time is when she first walks into the room, not realizing that she no longer has a single. <laughs> and they're just there. They're talking. They're overlapping talking. They, they really scripted that overlapping talking for them. <laughs> And like, you can barely make out what any, what either of them are saying, except it ends with like sophomore roommate mm -hmm. and Julie's just like gasp. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that scene, but with the scene that we see with them later where they're actually doing a cheer oh my and <laughs> you just see Julie like sitting down, they're doing the cheer uh, something about the what is it the heart for dingoes or dingoes? something like that I was like you're the dingoes really yeah wow. they're gonna stay a while and they do this whole thing and then they end in a pose and they each yep. put their leg up in that yep. sort of triangle shape and the camera angle is through the leg to Julie's face <laughs> just <laughs> two seconds they hold it for barely any time but if you catch it I was like wow that's <laughs> a lot of effort to get this shot and I love it like they made that girl I don't know how long they made that girl stand there first of all with her leg like that like trying to make sure they lined it up just right oh man but it paid off for me and it was only like it couldn't have been more than two seconds but you just see Julie's face through this leg and you just know she's like this is the end and she says that was great I'm moving out yeah <laughs> I wasn't sure how long it was going to take them to break her, but I was pretty sure it was coming soon. It was not very long. <laughs> <laughs> Nor would it have been for me. Frankly, I think maybe the better solution to some of the tensions, if people were looking for the best possible resolution <laughs> to tensions in this season, or at least this episode, Julie would have had the twin cheerleaders move in with Sean. Well, what I was thinking would be best for me would be if um, if Felicity and Julie then lived together and Megan and the cheerleaders lived together. Oh, that would have been interesting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this would have been awesome. Yeah, this is but not going to be the last time that we see annoying roommates. 
and we will get to see Megan deal a little bit more head on in the future with those people. So you will get a version of what you want. It's just not going to be with these particular cheerleading twins. Oh man, they're, they were something. But I think the reason, like, I get it. Like Julie couldn't, she just couldn't. And I agree. No one should have to. Um, But I also think there's a little something in her that's like, I kind of like the fact that I'm going to be living with Ben. Um, Yeah. I think when we, when we look at how different characters are handling their reentry back to school and the conflict that comes with it, if, if we think of them as, you know, what brand or style of dealing with this are they each doing when i look at julie i think passive aggressive is yeah definitely but like aggressively passive aggressive yes that's exactly what i wrote down i was like passive aggressive but also sometimes aggressive aggressive (laughs) it's a weird balance right because she's not overtly like you're a bitch but she is I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what passive aggressive is, right? It's like she's okay. So maybe this is a good way to go through this. We can kind of explore each person's reactions. Um, and let's just start with Julie. And I, I kind of want to start in a little different place with her because I found this, I, I think they're setting something up here. But I'm definitely feeling like Sean and Julie are flirting. Mm. Like even from that first moment where she's like, I'll take one of the freshman boxes. It's like they're getting flirty. And then he asks her to move in. And she's already been living there. She's already been supporting him. I feel like like there was absolutely no chemistry between them season one. Mm-hmm. Like sexual chemistry like i think they had a good friend thing going on she helped him out she was kind he was who he is he accepted you know her help and in this like immediately first episode of this season that dynamic has completely shifted it's like he's being all sweet to her and almost a little you know I don't know, entranced mm-hmm. and, and she's, you know, smiling more and like giving him, uh, you know, advice in a different way and he's taking her advice and he's, anyway, I feel like the two of them are getting a little flirty okay. and then he's asking her to move in as. Well, the first the time he sees her, he invites her to come to the apartment Yes. And then when she tells him later, when she tells him about her roommates, he invites her to stay at the apartment. So there's an escalation that happens here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a familiarity that they have with each other. And if anything, you know, maybe Sean is the only person that Julie can see at the school right now who, or in that environment who doesn't have like a lot of baggage in that relationship. Um, when you think about it, there's kind of nobody else in that friend group that she can see and not be put right 
back into the conflict, except for Sean. It's true. It's kind of but a at safe the same space. Time, yeah, but at the same time, I, I feel like Elena's right that Julie is playing with fire and she knows it. And, and she's she doing it, it on purpose. Yeah, yes. I, I, I absolutely, there were po- probably more, there's probably more than one way to handle this situation, although they don't present us with ideas for that. If she were really determined mm-hmm. not to stay at the loft, I imagine there would have been some way for her to achieve that. Um, so not the least of which is like, if she were going to live in a dorm, she would be paying for room and board. If she's going to live at the loft, she would be not paying room and board at the school. She would be paying rent at an apartment. So if the loft, like whatever money was going to be used for room and board, if she's not using it, like could, could that be refunded or applied to future tuition and use that to get a different apartment? Um, so I don't know. There's, there's a lot of places to stay in New York and she's choosing to be in the crux of that environment. Yeah. I'm assuming that since Sean doesn't seem to need more than one roommate, he's probably giving her a break on the rent. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, the, when Felicity walks in the door and Julia's just like, yeah, I'm living here now. I mean, it's so, I, I think passive aggressive. It's kind of smug. It's like, haha. And she's sitting at the table with Elena and Noel later. And she's just like, oh, they're so not going to last. Like, that's her opinion is mm-hmm. she's, I kind of feel like she's there to watch the fallout, like, and she's there to poke at all of, all of the things that went wrong with Ben and her. She now wants to watch go wrong with Felicity and him. And she's there to like poke Felicity, like, oh, he's really good at getting up and leaving, isn't he? Yeah. We can re, I think we can rename her to Julie Schadenfreude Emmerich. Because I think you're right. She's yeah. just like, there's a little pain here, but there's also pleasure in knowing that this is not going to work and I'm going to watch it with a front row seat eating chips. Yeah. Um, so she is, she is purposely putting herself there and there's probably pain, but she is covering it up with, this is a game for me. I'm going to annoy you and cause a rift and cause questions and make Felicity uncomfortable and force you to, to deal with me being here and it's going to be weird and he won't survive it. And I'm here for it. Um, she's definitely got that going on. And then she has the conversation with Ben later where she's like, I was angry last night, but you know what? My life isn't all about you and Felicity. You know, it's yeah. just like, well, it kind of is, but yeah, you know, she's, it's, she just has a real edge to her. Yeah. I think she, I think she was lying in that she's, I think there's a lot of people, her, well, I mean, at least her and Noel, who are just flat out, like hiding slash lying about their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not that good at it. 
So they're still coming out big time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think Julie is more putting herself in the middle of it where I feel like Noel would rather take himself away. Um, Julie's like, I'm in. I want a front row seat. I want you to see me and feel awkward about me. And I want this to be the problem (laughs) that breaks you up. (laughs) Um, And it's not even like she's saying, I want Ben back. It's like, she just wants to see destruction. (laughs) Like burn it to the ground. Yeah. And I, I like the way that they did the scene where that you were just talking about where, you know, Ben says, um, like, you know, you should be mad at me too. And Julie just says, look, I'm taking ownership of my own decisions and kind of fires shots. She's like, you know, clearly I just gave my heart to the wrong person. And he's just like, I love Ben's reaction in that moment where he's like, oh, like you feel it land. Mm-hmm. And he lets her see that. Um, and she's just kind of walking away. You know, she's, she's like, you know what? It's not all about you. Like I have my own life and that's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I agree. She is there with the popcorn. So that's, that's Julian. I think the next natural place to go would be to talk about Noel. Yeah. Because he is in a sort of similar position in terms of he got burned by, by Felicity, specifically Felicity in this situation. Um, They, but he is more of the, the difference in those characters is that Noel was a central part of the cliffhanger. We know where Felicity and Julie left off at the end of last season, but we don't really know where Noel and Felicity left off at the end of last season. So they have to both catch us up on that and let us see the aftermath all at the same time, which they do with, uh, they kind of go off timeline. So, you know, Felicity had been telling the story to Javier, then she got pulled away. And now we're going to catch up by seeing her sitting outside the housing office, filling out her application for a new dorm room. And there she is on the famous bench where everything happens (laughs) (laughs) outside this, this is now the housing office. And <laughs> whatever it was last time, put that out of your mind. Same hallway, same bench, different reason for being there. And on one side of the hallway, we see Ben show up. On the other side, we see Noel. And we get the slow-mo. Yes. I was waiting for the, like, you know, high noon music to mm-hmm. kick in. And maybe some, like, a, what are they called? Like a tumbleweed to go by. Uh, you just have one on each side and I love how they shot this you know you look at Ben you look at Noel they look at Felicity we look at Felicity we look back at them Noel starts to walk and you know I didn't know until the moment that he walks right past her and then past Ben I was like well that answers that question Scott Foley played that really well because there, when he starts to walk, across, you know, down the hallway to pass her, 
He's walking. It looks like he could be walking towards her or he could be walking past her. He looks at her and his face isn't just blank. I almost thought it was starting to turn into a smile, but I imagined that. No, I I agree. I I felt like there was almost like a, a little light inside and then you just see it kind of drop as he turns his head away. Yeah. And then he just turns back face forward. I'm going to walk right past you. I saw you and you see me making this choice that I am not engaging. And he keeps going until he walks past Ben on the other side of the hallway. So he is now completely out of the hallway. So we know that Felicity did not choose Noel. I think that was an interesting choice from Scott Foley because maybe it's sort of like if we both picked up on that tiny little hint of a smile, maybe that's like, you know, when you wake up first in the morning, no matter how your day was before that, it's like your brain needs to reboot. And for a moment you wake up and it's not all coming back to you yet. Like you're just sitting there and then it all comes back. I almost feel like that's what happened for Noel in that moment. Like, his first instinct is to see Felicity and to be happy to be see happy. her. And yeah. then he remembers. Yeah. I don't know. It's oh. a tough scene. That makes it even more sad. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, and he didn't even get the luxury of like seeing her without Ben there for the first time. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. He sees her, he sees him. He's like, dang it, in this hallway of all hallways, <laughs> like, you know. Um, all the hallways in all the world had to walk into mine. You had to walk into the housing office, admissions office, (laughs) financial aid office, hallway room. Uh, (laughs) um, Gosh. I feel like Papaleo's been in there before. (laughs) Yeah. There's only one hallway. So of course they're going to meet there. There's only the one in the entire campus, and that's it. A lot of important stuff there. I mean, if you think about it, gosh, what a way to use the budget on this show. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like we have, you know, conversations about lockets and hot objects and, (laughs) like, moments with moms looking at Ben's butt, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Um, But I guess, you know, I guess actually now that I mentioned that, this is sort of an interesting call back to that because you know that scene where Felicity was next to her mom and they were watching Ben walk away in slow motion now he's about to walk towards her in slow motion and I know we're talking about Noel right now but this is the scene like you can't pull apart the fact that Noel and Ben this is this is the moment where the cliffhanger is resolved and we see that um Noel has walked past Felicity he is angry he's going to show her he is snubbing her Ben sees it, Felicity sees it, and now Ben's going to start walking towards her. And, you know, that. And I can... didn't know where that had left off. Like, I still wasn't sure. I thought Ben might walk by her, too. Well, you know? uh, maybe let's come back to that. Let's finish, up, uh, let's finish out the Noel stuff, because I think there's more meat on the bone with, um, with the Ben stuff. Or at least different meat on the bone. Um, white versus dark, I don't know. Um, I so... prefer dark. The, well, there you go. Um, so, Noel, that's the first interaction we see. And is the next one in Noel's apartment? Um, let me see. I kind of feel like it is because um, Elena 
and Felicity are carrying a table. Yep. And so it turns out that Elena, they've set it up for now Elena and Noel are going to live together. Elena needed a place to stay. She asked Noel if he knew of any place. He's like, yeah, my place. So now Elena and Noel are living together. Convenient. But there we are. And so Elena's got a table. She has Felicity helping her to bring it to the apartment. She lets Felicity into the apartment. And then Noel shows up. And then it is his apartment, too. Yeah. So it, it, it was... It was to be expected. Um, yeah, this was it was such an interesting scene because, you know, he walks in, he's pretty much turned his back to them. He's giving one-syllable answers as much as possible and unpacking his groceries so he can get out of the room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Elena... I feel like she asked Felicity to help her so that she could put the two of them in a room together. Like she wants them to resolve this and to be friends. And so she's just like, I'm going to leave now. And Felicity's like, don't you dare, don't you dare leave us together. But this is what I don't understand. Felicity could have just left too. Been yeah. like, oh, I'll head back with you. So she clearly also wants to have a conversation with Noel. Yeah, she uh, Felicity obviously does want to have that conversation. Elena gives it the old, I've got to go get a chair now for this table. Um, and she leaves. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. And I can't not think this when I see this scene. And actually, I feel the same way about Sean here. Um, I, I, Sean and Elena, I feel the same way about here, where it's like, I don't know. I guess everybody could have a different point of view on this, but this is Noel's apartment. Elena just brought his enemy, somebody he feels very bad about, into his safe space. Yep. I, if I were Noel, I would not be happy with Elena about this at all. I'd be, I'd feel some level of betrayal with this maybe not like a level 10 but i i would not feel good with elena and in the same thing with sean it's like regardless of you know like don't have julie live in this apartment (laughs) Like, (laughs) like sean's thinking about himself here but what a i don't know i guess he had a conversation with ben but he really like it's just a lousy thing to do. And I just, I don't love that move. And we really don't end up unpacking those things because it was convenient for the story for these meat cutes or for Julie to be brought back to the loft. But I just want to say for the record, like at least in the situation with Noel here, if I were Noel, I would be like Elena get yourself out of this apartment right now like I did you a favor like this was my apartment you're staying in it we need ground rules yeah and I I'm sure very surprisingly I'm going to 100% disagree okay (laughs) no I totally appreciate that there could be reason to do that so I'm curious what your feelings are on it so Elena has always been 
Felicity's girl, right? Mm -hmm. She has not had the best road with Noel. And her view of Noel, right, with him cheating on Felicity, like she never wanted the two of them to get back together in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, and she was the one who said, go with Ben. So, like, you know, on the one hand, I don't see this as being in any way out of character mm-hmm. for Elena. And Noel should know that because she was pretty hostile to him. Mm-hmm. Second, I don't think Noel is doing her a favor because he needed a roommate and she's yeah. providing rent. Yeah. So it's both of their apartments. And he, he did acknowledge, like, you will bring her over. I get that you guys are friends. Like, I get that. And third... And this will get into, I think, part of Noel's reaction. He is he is acting like it doesn't matter that much to him as much as he possibly can. Um, he's failing miserably. Yeah, I mean, yes and no with that. You know, he's, especially the speech he gives her here, like, he cares. Yeah, like, but he's saying it in such a way that, like, you know, yes, he's angry, he's bitter, but he's also acting in this very like nonchalant manner of like, hope you like the apartment and like walking into his room. Like, he's just like, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm done. It's over. And for him to say anything to Elena about it would be him admitting to a current vulnerability. Well, I think that one of the things that is noted by Felicity and Elena when they're having a private conversation is that Noel has not mentioned Felicity to Elena and Elena's like, yeah, that's, that worries me. So he hasn't bothered to set ground rules with her, but I think it's one thing for Elena to have Felicity come over. It's another thing for Elena to then leave with the intention of forcing uh, Noel and Felicity to have a conversation. Well, again, Felicity could have left. Yeah. Felicity could have left. So I think that's, a choice that she made when given the opportunity. Elena created the opportunity with intention. So I feel like if I were in Noel's position, I would be having a serious conversation with Elena after this. And like, uh, based on how I see him react with Felicity, unless he wants to twist the knife with her, um, I don't get the sense that he wants to have a lot of these moments with her when he happens to see her he's going to be angry but i don't see him like wanting to seek them out um so i don't know but that's me looking at it as me so it's like i totally appreciate that other people might want to resolve this differently but um gosh elena like i don't know like i mean i guess i still see elena as felicity's girl and if felicity wants to have the conversation with noel Noel is just kind of acknowledging, like, we are going to see each other, like, Elena and you are friends. He says to Elena, like, I know you guys are friends. I know you're going to, like, bring her up here. Like, he he accepts that about the arrangement. Well, but I also think yeah. he was glad to get some of this stuff off his chest. Yeah, but I think the way it comes out when he says it to Felicity is very harsh. You know, it's like... I know now that I never want to see you again. I know that I will. We go to the same college. 
I just don't want to. So I don't see that as an invitation, like come here whenever you want. I see it as you're a necessary evil Mm -hmm. and I will put up with it. And I just don't ever want to have interactions with you. And I think that's like, it's basically the same thing that you're saying, but with a much harsher edge to it. And I don't see that as Elena should see that as an invitation to put them in the same room together alone. Um, Yeah. Does he maybe feel good that he got to say some snarky things like, I just wanted you to know I slept with Beth and she was great when she came, you know, like this woman that he hooked up with in Berlin, like he made it a point to be as like, be as much of an affront to Felicity as possible with how he put this to her. Um, he was trying to hurt her the way he's hurting. Yeah. And, and he was talking about like her and Ben's sex positions. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he, he knew, he knows that sort of an area he can dig at. And he was incredibly. He's really you know, raw. He was very raw. Um, and he was hurt and he's angry. And, but I still think he's trying to act like, you know, it's over. Like, I don't want to deal with you. You're right. Like, I don't want to see you. But I think he did say to Elena at another point that he recognized she was going to bring Felicity over because Felicity and her are friends. So I think he's just kind of accepting things as they are. And he and Elena are not friends. Mm -hmm. They have not been friends. And we actually see them start to become more friends in yeah in this episode i I would say the first step yeah i think they took a first step i think that if he wants to establish some sort of ground rules with lane it's on him to start doing that um she gives him an opening here and i think that she elena you know when she after this conversation that noel and felicity have elena now sits down with noel and i think she's understanding things in maybe a slightly different way, especially, let's see. I think this, that scene comes after the scene in the bar, right? Where, so, so the next time we see this, I think Elena has a real chance to see how explosive this is when she's trying to make plans with Noel and Julie to go see a movie. And then Felicity and Ben walk into that same bar and there's just this explosive conversation (laughs) And it's after that, that Elena creates this space for Noel. Um, So maybe she's understanding things in a different way on the back of that conversation. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, so maybe we go ahead and talk about the bar conversation just because, I mean, it does involve Noel and Julie Mm -hmm. um, and everyone else. (laughs) So uh i feel like we can just talk about it all at once yeah i mean elena and julie and noel are already at the bar they're sitting down they're trying to figure out a time to go see they want to go see a movie and they're figuring out what's playing at what time and then felicity and ben show up well and this is before ben and felicity show up this is where elena says to julie like you know you're you're basically headed for problems you know you should not be living at the loft 
And then Noel sits down yeah. and is like, let's do movies. And and I'm you thinking, can only imagine how toxic, <laughs> like, what, a, I mean, that's just the space they're in, right? They're both like commiserating probably, whether they're speaking about it or not, they've been hurt by the same people. And Elena's just along for the ride and she's got to know what she's walking in on there too. Well, but she's been hurt by somebody too. I mean, you've got three people mm-hmm. who have all been hurt now sitting together yeah. and they're sort of, I don't know, this this unlikely group of people based on season one, yeah, right, to come together. I mean, maybe Julian Noel more so, um, but it's an unlikely group. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you're right. Then someone lights a match, and that match is Ben and Felicity walking in, Just which existing. I'm assuming yeah. they're at Epstein Bar, and maybe yeah, I'm wrong. I wasn't sure like, either. Why would you go there? Epstein Bar. I mean, gosh. You know that Noel and Elena live right above it. Like, pick another place. Again, <laughs> convenience. You know, like, there's so much stuff here that it's like, could different choices have been made a thousand times in this episode to create less conflict? Yeah. <laughs> Was that the episode they wanted to have? No. So yeah, I was like, that's fair. Right, these are the people that need to be our cast for season two. <laughs> um, since they were the cast for season one. <laughs> so yeah. like we've gotta we've we've gotta have a way to work this out somehow. Um and so they just do all these things to put them together, which I feel like in the real world, like who would put themselves through all this? <laughs> um, but hey, so Felicity and Ben show up and, um, you know, this pretty quickly gets to like, everybody's in a certain posture here. Julie's being really passive aggressive. Noel and Ben are fighting. Yeah, just so, like straight up aggressive. We are gonna come to blows. Yeah, like you don't need to be such a dick about this. Ben, I think this is exactly the amount of dick I need to be. I have <laughs> I to say to you. That is such a great line. I think like when I heard that, I was like, please make that the quote for the week. <laughs> and, you know, like when I think of some of Ben's best lines, I think of his love of the word dick. And I'm not sure we saw that a lot in season one. No. But he does love the word. We're going to get some great lines from him in this season and beyond with the word dick in it. And so it's almost like he's been saying it the whole time off camera and we haven't been picking up on it. But maybe it starts here. I don't know. But this is just one of the best like, this is exactly the amount of dick I need to be. But that's Noah's line. It's and Noel's line, it's but it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's just perfect. Um, but they're the angry. Them, I was laughing, but they were angry. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, or so Noel was angry. Humor. Ben is, I don't know. What is Ben? Is he, is he uh, like peacocking to defend himself? Like, I, I'm not sure what his. Um, well, he's, he's being attacked and he's being threatened with physical violence. And he's. He's, you know, going to respond in yeah. kind. I mean, we've seen him before. He's like, really? You want to fight? 
I mean, we can fight. I'll fight you. You're going to use your computer? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when I look at how Ben's responding here, I feel like it's... um Because I don't see Ben as actually being threatened by Noel. No. You know, but... like in terms of... uh I know I need to rephrase that. In terms of like the relation... Like when we look back at season one and then there was this this triangle there was the felicity and the noel and the ben and who who was going to be with who and i felt like noel was always threatened by ben in that dynamic i don't know that i've ever seen ben feel threatened by noel in that dynamic and i don't think that's what i'm seeing here no i think he is confident in himself with felicity i think he is confident in his physical ability to kick noel's ass I think he is confident on every level, but he is being disrespected and he's not gonna, okay. like he, I feel like he doesn't want to let that stand, but at the same time, he's so not threatened by Noel yeah. that he's like, I'm just gonna walk away from this because you're really not even worth it. Well, Which actually kind of, it makes it worse. It does, right? Because there's a lot of dynamics at play here. So if Ben's move here is to walk away from the fight, which, if we're being honest, is an achievement for Ben. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm very glad that Ben chooses to disengage with Noel. Uh, that is a shift from how he was handling conflict in season one, or at least the end of season one. Um, so Ben leaves. He gets he 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 is going to leave. But the problem is. <laughs> that Felicity's response in this situation was to defiantly sit yeah. at the table and say, you're not all pushing me around. I don't, I'm sitting at this table. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that is it. And I think that's a real choice too, to stand her ground, but she's standing her ground and Ben's leaving, which is probably the right decision for each of them independently. But that's not them making the same choice as a couple, which Julie picks up on. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. Now Julie is going to get snarky about it. Mm -hmm. so it's a mess. Yep. She does. She's got some nice lines, you know, Oh, what were you going to talk about? How it's getting too serious. And Oh yeah. He leaves. He gets up and leaves pretty well. Huh? Like she's got some nice little digs in yeah. there. But it was just, there I, was no way to for Ben or Felicity to handle that. That would have been the right approach for each of the people involved, you know? I mean, they could have just left. Together, yeah. They, they could, I mean, honestly, they could have, they probably should have just left. But I think Felicity is still holding on to what I would consider a fantasy in real life, but I'm guessing is going to bear out as they all become friends again in this show. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think that she's so much standing her ground as she wants to be around Noel and Julia as much as possible to try to work through this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she's, she comes off as a little indignant, but really, you know, she's, she's been pushed around by the, by both of them at this point. And she's just kind of like, all right, you're going to be mean to me. Fine. I'm not going to let that make me leave because I still want a relationship with you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seems fair. 
So, I mean, in her situation, like with that being a goal, yeah, sit down at the table, but Ben left. So it's like, there's no perfect, uh, just the way everybody's handling it is it's directly counteracting each other, you know? So there's like not one perfect way to handle it that works out for every single person involved in the scenario for any of them. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of the most, in a way it's the most satisfying part of this opening episode for me, because I feel like, all right, whatever we just did to get everybody in this space, (laughs) of all the things that we have done to get Elena and Noel living together, to get Joel, (laughs) Julie, (laughs) living in Ben's apartment to get all of these people sitting at the same, like going to the same bar. Okay. If we put all of that away and now we accept that we've got these five people in a room together and we've locked the door. (laughs) Like this is, this is what you're waiting for. You know, this is like the, well, an explosion has to happen. So it might as well happen now. Yeah, but it's also a little bit of a, they come together and then they all just go apart pretty quickly. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a small explosion, but it's not in any way resolving anything. So we're going to have to see a lot more um, before things actually get resolved. And I just, I kind of like at the end of it, that it's just Felicity and Elena sitting there looking at each other yeah like is this what it's going to be like all year yeah and i think you're right i mean this wasn't meant to be a um a scene that resolves things i think it was i think of it sort of like you know with earthquakes where you kind of hope you're going to have little earthquakes so that you maybe release enough pressure where you don't have the big one you know like Mm -hmm. maybe it helps so I kind of look at that like this, like there, this was a little earthquake and chances are Felicity is going to have a lot more work to do if she's going to rebuild relationships here. And it's probably not going to be a whole bunch of these like group setting things, but they had to start somewhere and this is where they started. So I don't know, but if we're still tracking Noel, um, from this conversation that brings us back to the one-on-one conversation he has with Lena back at their apartment. Yes. And I see that one as like, now, I don't know. How did you see this? Is Elena understanding the situation in a new way, or is it the right timing for her to start building trust? Because what I see from this conversation is that Elena is now attempting to create a safe space for Noel where she wasn't before. I don't know if it's a safe space with, um, in the sense of like, I'm never going to bring Felicity over again, but it, I feel like she is trying, she is reacting to what happened uh, at the bar because one, she doesn't want this to be the way the rest of the year is going to be. Mm-hmm. I think, too, a lot of her animosity towards Noel, right, had to do with the fact that um, he had cheated on Felicity. And now Felicity is, like, with Ben and Happy and everything. 
And also we said that maybe there was a bit of, you know, she got cheated on. Um, and now she's been through a whole different relationship that has nothing to do with the, mm-hmm. right? So maybe that's different as well. Like, I don't feel she has animosity towards Noel. And he had, you know, said something kind of mean, and he's apologizing about, you know, you know, her making some comment about her needing to borrow money. And so he start, he's starting off with an apology. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, and the two of them are starting off with it having nothing to do with Felicity. It's just like, I'm sorry about making the money comment. You know, I feel like I'm spending a lot of money, but I know you're spending a lot of money. So it's like having this common understanding. And then as they continue to talk, that's when Elena turns around and says, all right, look, we, we can talk. And you can talk to me and I'm not going to share those things with Felicity. Like you need someone to talk to. I am here for you. We live together. You know, lean on me. Yeah. Yeah. And he is like, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, in all fairness, she had brought Felicity and, you know, all the stuff we said before. Yeah. So she has to make an effort. Yeah, she has to I, offer something here for him. She, she, she has to, it's, what's the word I want? Not olive branch. She wants, she has to like take the first step mm-hmm. and offer up something that is just for him. That's her, that's her putting her trust in him for him to believe this new dynamic. Yes, Absolutely. And the thing that she chooses is to tell him about McGrath. Mm -hmm. Which apparently she hasn't told anybody else about. So we now know that only Elena and Noel are fully aware of the extent of Elena's relationship with McGrath, which thank God. uh, Basically most of it happened off screen. And then he ghosted her at the end of the summer. Good riddance. Very glad not to have to talk about that anymore, or at least, um, actually, to be honest, like there's going to be a little bit of aftermath that comes much later, but not like we don't have to see them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's not like they're just like completely brushing that storyline under the rug forever, but the agony that we experienced in watching it play out is a thing of the past. Yes. And so we know that he dumped her and now Noel knows that not only did she have an affair with him and sleep with him, he knows about the great thing as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And his reaction twice is you slept with that guy yeah oh (laughs) (laughs) which is exactly everyone else's this is another time in this episode where they nodded to what (laughs) we are all thinking or at least some of us are thinking and from from these felicity streets slash instagram i think that you and i have got a fairly good read on 
what a lot of the super fans <laughs> have to say about uh, there is no McLena or Egraph. Like that's not a thing. I've yet to see a single person who didn't go that was gross or like disgusting or <laughs> some other equally harsh viewpoint. And again, if you are a fan of them, feel free to let us know. I would like to know what I, I don't know how fish yells. I would like to know <laughs> what you liked about them. But the feeling that so many of us have had is obviously something that they were clocking behind the scenes. Yeah. Chris Sarandon is such, such an interesting choice because I mean, I don't know anyone who can think, who thinks, you know, Chris Sarandon, oh yeah, like McGrath from Felicity. No, like this is Prince Humperdinck, right? Okay. And he is a good looking guy, but like he's so gross in that role. And we're just saying this role, look, I don't, he's probably a lovely person. (laughs) I'm sorry that this is how the Felicity random feels about you unless you deserve it which i don't know maybe you do but i'm 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 saying prince humperdinck princess bride is a classic everyone has seen it everybody knows it everybody who was watching felicity knew it and i wouldn't have remembered him from that though it's been a long time since i've seen the princess bride so i would never have been able to place him anywhere else i've seen him but when you saw when you saw it originally didn't you no, I still really? wouldn't have remembered. It's been a very long, like I I have limited memory of the Princess Bride. Oh. He is not one of the things that I remember. So I'm having this reaction independently of anything that you took in, any bag, any Prince Humperdinck baggage that you took in with you, <laughs> uh, which I'm not going to lie to you. I wish that could now be my rating system for this episode, but that has, that's not, that's not, I can't be. Prince Humperdinck. <laughs> Prince Humperdinck baggage. Uh, I just want you all to know I'd like that to be my unit of measurement, but it will not be because that's not a Felicity thing. Um, But yeah, you obviously brought in outside information. Yeah, I mean, he's so terrible. He's supposed to be terrible as that character, right? Mm -hmm. And he does it flawlessly. And he's the guy who... Buttercup thinks that, you know, her, the love of her life has died. And so this guy, he's the disgusting prince guy that she's going to marry. And he's the bad guy. And then to see him as like this older professor, there's always going to be a bad taste in my mouth because of his iconic role. And Fair so enough. for me, it's not anything that's bad about him as an actor. It's like he was meant to do to, to create this reaction in us. Okay. And he did it. Okay. And now we never have to think about it again. But I will say he was, I think, personally brilliant in in just being ridiculously creepy. Yeah. Well, he did it. And Gross. Noel speaks for all of us when he goes, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, he does. does an excellent, disgusted face. Um, and then so now Elaine is prompting him and saying, look, we're being honest with each other now. That's what we're doing. And and uh, that's how it is. And I'm doing it first. And now you can do it. And now you think 
you think that <laughs> Noel's going to say something about Felicity, but that's not what's going to happen. That's just the little trick they did here because what he's really going to be honest about is how ugly he thinks the table she just bought is. And in all fairness, I agree. Okay. Um, coming for the table. I mean, not, not loving the table. Definitely not loving the table 90 bucks worth. Um, but I thought it was a nice gesture of Elena, you okay. know, to kind of encourage this. And, and I think it was a not real joke joke. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The table is ugly, but like, I think Noel's leaving the door open. Like, I don't think it, it shut anything down. No, I don't think so either. I think he's just yeah. not ready to have that conversation with her, but he'll probably think about what she just told him and the gravity of it. And I suspect that he'll, his next, like, it won't be like an, uh, I accept your offer sort of conversation. It'll be like, <laughs> he'll just do it. You know, he'll just have a conversation with her about something. Um, and I think that'll be his next move. But I did well, want to stop down here because this is my note from an optimist. So oh, just to okay. put a... So let me just say, but I do think his next move will be to take several very hot showers. Yeah. And after that, then open up again to a I mean, Noel is just experiencing the scarring of this the way all of us have been experiencing <laughs> it for a while. So he needs a moment. He needs he needs a yeah. moment with us um, to, to get it out of a system. But yeah, but I'm impressed. You're going to take this to to your note from an optimist, and I yeah, am. Yeah, I mean, here. we've kind of I been here for it, dancing around this anyway when we've been talking about this. But just to put a finer point on it, um, you know, because frankly, I wasn't sure what note to from an optimist to give for this episode. But I think I do like, although I don't love how Elena handled bringing Felicity over and then basically ambushing Nolan, leaving him with Felicity alone in his own house or his own apartment. I didn't love that in the beginning, but I do love what she's doing in this scene. She realizes that she needs to create safety for Noel somehow. Maybe it's not that she's saying like Felicity will never come into this apartment again, but she's creating a safe space of herself. So it's like, look, I know that I'm friends with Felicity. Yeah, she's my girl. Yeah, we talk. But there's, I can compartmentalize here. And I want you to know that it is okay. And that you don't have to walk on eggshells around me. You can say what you need to. We can get it done. And it doesn't all have to go back to Felicity. And I think she's making a real effort to say, I'm establishing a friend line of communication with you. And he's going to need that, you know, for... Felicity's girl, you know, to now be his roommate um, is dangerous for Noel, given how raw he is. And Elaine is appreciating that. She's holding some space for him and she's like laying down a, a generous new set of ground rules. Yeah. And I, I think it it shows a lot of um, empathy on her part, which I don't think we have seen as her strong suit mm. from the first season. Um, and so it's, I, I do think it's necessary given their complicated web of friends and I wanted to say lovers, but then I was just like, ick again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> their friends and um more than friends people um 
but I think it's yeah. nice. It's nice to do that with whenever you can with someone just to say, you know, here's a safe space for you here, but like also being very clear about, you know, she is still friends with Felicity and, and I just wonder, I don't know if Noel was to like start talking about like revenge sex with Felicity, like is Elena really going to keep that a secret? I don't think so. Right. So she kind of has to still say like, I am still like, I, you know, I'm still on basically Felicity's side, but, but she is trying, she's trying to say like, we can have a relationship too. But I think at yeah, the end of the I, day, she's always going to be on Felicity's side. Yeah, but I think coming into this conversation, it was like she was all the way on Felicity's side and really not at all on Noel's side. And I think it's going to be complex for her, possibly. I mean, she's put herself in a position where it could be complex for Elena to figure out what she needs to do in any given situation. But she's giving a concession here that um, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, like there's... there's um, there's some safety where maybe you might've thought there was none. So I, I think, I think this is about as far as she can take it in this moment and she'll just have to encounter situation by situation and see what she can do with it moving forward. Yeah. Last season, when you were sort of talking about the relationship between Elena and Noel, and you didn't think they were all that close. This is what I was thinking about. I was thinking about how they're going to be living together in season two. And it, it changes the dynamic. I think that there is something a little more, um, I don't know if I want to say mature. They're just going to have different kinds of conversations right now. They're on equal footing. Noel is not her RA anymore. They're co, you know, they're, they're living in a place together. They're going to have to make decisions about living in that place together. And so I think they're now getting onto a footing that's kind of a, we're going to be more serious with each other in this situation. And they're setting up that space for it. Yeah. I mean, we can always become closer with people and, and our relationships and dynamics change over time. And I think that's great. You know, we get to see what an Elena Knoll friendship looks like. Kind of hoping not more because... I don't know. I don't see the two of them being romantically compatible, but who knows? I could be wrong. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think that kind of is all the null stuff. So mm -hmm. should we just tackle Ben and Felicity? Yes. Um, I mean, we've danced on some of these things along oh, the way. Wait. What about Sean? We still have Sean. Well, Maybe I we think that the Sean first. stuff kind of goes into that. Okay. Um, you know, so obviously one of the first things that we see is the scene that we've already talked about where Ben and Noel are in the hallway. And so that's where we pick up with Ben because now we know that Felicity made a choice to go on the road trip with Ben. Yes. And we see that in the slow-mo and we see that after Noel walks out of the hallway, Ben kind of looks back and is like, Ooh, that was, that was intense. And then like he starts walking forward, still slow-mo 
actually, I don't know what at one point the slow-mo stops. Um, and then he goes up to Felicity and kisses her and the music kind of swells. And then, um, you know, they greet each other and they kiss again. And so, okay, we get it. This was the choice. And then we cut back to Felicity telling Javier the rest of the story. She's like, yeah, when I got in the cab, I said Kennedy Airport. But then I was like, wait, what am I doing? That's a safe choice. I want to take the risky choice. I would always wonder what I would do. So, so she ends up going to see Ben. And now we get back to the present moment. And Ben walk, is also on the shift <laughs> working at Dean and DeLuca. And he walks up to Felicity and Javier while Felicity is telling the story. And they have a, you know, like a, you can see like Ben's putting his hand on her shoulder. It's, you know, like they've got a vibe now. Yep. And I will say as, as much as Javier does, I don't like Ben's hair as much now. I liked the more hair, you know, the like wild hair. I agree. Yeah. I generally like Scott Speedman with longer hair. And I know that I'm blaspheming for those of you who are watching him on Grey's Anatomy. I think his <laughs> hair looks really weird when his, when it's just straight up. <laughs> I, I can't with him. I didn't even like his haircut in the last episode of last season, to be honest. I like him with like the, all the hair, you know? Well, I still like, like, I like his haircut. I just don't like it as much as the more hair like the with the big curls and the every you know every which way so just gonna put that out there you know if they'd like to go back in time and grow his hair some more i would appreciate it um i like that we see i wrote down um ben and felicity's second kiss and then i had to write next to it and third um so we get to see them being you know it it seems like they're in a relationship yeah that's just what it seems like and it seems like although it's the second and third kiss that we've seen this is the kind of thing they were doing on the road trip Uh, we do know that we do know from felicity's conversation with javier that they didn't sleep together um but this seems to be the level that they were at yes and so, you know, they've got something going on and, and Javier is, you know, so, you know, Ben walks up Ben walks away cause he's got to go, I don't know, put some cookies out or something. Um, and I just love Javier in this moment where he's like, you know, Felicity says, I, I called Noel and some girl answered. And Javier's just like, yeah, well, F you. I mean, <laughs> you just broke his heart. Yeah. Good for him. And she's just like, ah. Oh. He's like, this is why you love me. My brutal honesty, you know, that and the arugula. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i just falling more in love with Javier. I yeah. just love it. I love As it. As you should. I think, that's a good, I think that's a good position to take with Javier. Um, yeah. We're going to pick up again with uh with ben and felicity when ben comes to visit her in her dorm room she's in the middle of leaving the tape for sally he says the classic line what's what's that sally still making those (laughs) i'm giving an award to that i don't even know what it is 
Um, okay, moving on. Something uh, about self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> Show self-awareness. Yeah. Um, so this is where Ben and Felicity have some of the aftermath conversation that we probably would have missed from whatever they had over the summer, but they're catching us up. This is their way to give us as much exposition as possible <laughs> in a romantic conversation <laughs> where Ben's like, Oh, what are you thinking? You're deep in thought. What are you saying to Sally? She's like, ah, oh, I was just wondering if Julian Noel would forgive us. He was like, hmm, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then he's like, well, do you regret being with me? And she's like, well, kind of wish you didn't spend the rest of the summer in Mexico. Aha. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Mexico is still not explained. I mean, I'm assuming they're holding out for some future explanation. They better be because nope. they bring it up twice. Don't think so. So they just never explain Mexico. It's like so many other things in this episode. <laughs> Convenient. That they, so I think the point of Mexico is that he wasn't with her all summer. Right. But like, the, the point is like they had two weeks. They did this road trip, and then they couldn't get to a point where they were just like it made a decision to date steadily because he was gone. So. That's it. That's why Mexico. <laughs> That's all oh, I know. Man. Yeah. I, okay. That does piss me off because I was expecting Mexico to come back and it to be explained and all that stuff. And okay. Well, that just uncool. No, I mean, I um, think the point of it is dude was not with this woman <laughs> beyond the two weeks of road tripping. Um, That's it. So they're catching up again now is yeah, kind of I my think sense of what's happening. It's very pointed that he asks, was it a mistake? And she never says no. Mm-hmm. She just says she wishes it weren't so complicated. Yeah. Which apparently Which... is foreplay and then they start kissing. <laughs> well, I, you know, she doesn't answer. They're in a weird place. And then Sean's going to start putting his two cents in. And here's my thing with Sean this episode. Yes. I will fully admit that, like, I don't really, you know, I don't watch, didn't watch Star Wars, but, like, I know a lot of the references, so just go with me. Okay. Um, in this episode, Sean is Yoda. Okay. Sean is the all-knowing, wise, little green gremlin guy. And he's just saying all the right things. And he is giving the best advice to Ben. Mm -hmm. And Ben is just ignoring him. You know, he's gotten off of this, this conversation with Felicity where they're kissing and you know, it wasn't so complicated, blah, blah, blah. And then you hear his side of it to Sean, which is, you know, Felicity and I might start dating. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that follows us through the rest of the episode. It's like she is way more invested in it than he is. Mm-hmm. And Sean is sitting there saying what all of us are thinking, right? Felicity is marriage material. Ben, you're an idiot. 
you are not ready for this, you're a sophomore in college, you're too young, you're going to blow it, and then you're going to have ruined the relationship with the woman that you could have married. And he continues to beat this drum steadily, which is why I don't blame him for asking Julie to move in. Mm-hmm. Because in his mind, Felicity and Ben should not be together, like really should not be together. And he, he gets no say in that, but he's also 100% right. My feelings about Sean are very complicated here uh, because I think more so from what we saw him doing at the end of last season. I mean, when he says we might start dating, I think it was softened a bit. Uh, He was softening it a bit because of this idea that Julie might stay. And the thing about that is that uh, Ben says something to Sean. So this is skipping around a little bit in this episode, but Ben says like, I'll do what I want about Felicity. If you do what you want about Julie. Mm -hmm. And my read on that is that Ben thinks Sean's into Julie. He is into Julie. So, so with Ben knowing that, um, I think that Ben's being soft about him saying, well, it could be weird. Felicity and I might start dating, but he's not going to sit there and say, Sean, you can't have Julie here. Exactly. Because that's loaded in its own way. Um, It's not that he can't say it. It's just that Sean's got some like underlying stuff Ben thinks here. So I I don't know to what extent they've had conversations about that, but I think that Ben's reading the signals that you're reading. And, um, and maybe had been for a little while. So this, I do think that kind of softens it, but where we left off in season one, I absolutely saw that Ben was chasing Felicity. He was thrilled by the chase. Um, He kept saying things like, I like you, Um, you know, that, so the way that you're feeling about it is not how I felt about him in this episode up until Sean is talking with him, but it is how I felt about him at the end of last season. So I guess Sean is trying to remind us of the thrill of the chase version of Ben that we were seeing. Um, and so my, my feelings about Sean are complicated here because I think that while Ben probably isn't ready based on what we saw before the road trip and he may not be ready now, Sean is shoving him in that direction to not be ready and to open his eyes. So it's like, ah, oh, is he saying the right thing? He might be. He's also creating like this. He's sharing the prophecy with Ben. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Sean. So I think anybody who was like a fan of Ben and Felicity probably did not love this move from Sean. But is he right? I mean, he was right as of the end of last season. Yeah, I mean, there is this question of, like, is he poisoning the water? Is he putting it in Ben's head? But I don't see that as what's happening. Um, And it's mainly because 
me see if this is the next time that they're together. Um, and I think just to, as you look for that, um, <laughs> you mentioned it, but he's just like, as Sean's explaining this, he's breaking it down for Ben. And he's like, no, no, no. Felicity is this like complicated, challenging person. Meanwhile, Ben takes a bite of really hot food and he's <laughs> struggling with it. And he's like trying to yeah. blow the vein. He's like messing with his hair and he's, you know, doing all the Ben things. And so Sean's in the middle of being like, Felicity is like this challenging, complicated person. And you're like this idiot. Yeah. And he's just struggling with his hot food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a real, a lot of Ben-isms happening in that moment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, point taken. Yeah. I mean... I can't find it, but exactly where it is. But I mean, it's definitely in that moment where he's having this conversation with Ben. It, it must have been a different scene than with the hot food because they're sitting across the table from each other. And Sean says, like, I, I think it's actually uh, after Julie tells off Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where she's they, like, they it's like my own. Yeah. So then she leaves and Sean is, he's like, all right, well, Julie's just told off Ben. And he looks at Ben and is like, so have you Broken cut things off? off? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, are you not dating? Um, and he's basically saying Felicity's more into this than you. You're mm -hmm. not ready. End it. And he has this moment with Ben where he says, if you knew Felicity was in love with you, would you be freaking out? And Ben's immediate reaction to that is, I'm not going to answer that. Mm -hmm. And then Sean's like, then you have to end it. And, and then so Ben tries to say it. You know, he like girds himself and he's like, if I found out Felicity was in love with me, I would not freak out. And John's like, say it again. And he can't quite say it again with the same confidence. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's not poisoning the water. Like if he was able to say it and his initial reaction to that question hadn't been evasive, then yeah, maybe there wasn't an underlying problem. But he says, I mean, I think the way Sean does this is it's literally so wise of him. He's like being an older, wiser person. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about you, Ben. Like, Ben's like, I, I like her. And Sean's like, you're not getting it. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. you're going to hurt her. Yeah. She could be in love with you. Marriage material, rest of your life, girl, mm -hmm. right? Do you want to blow that right now? Yeah. And I mean, have I, and I, so I definitely see your point and I agree with it. And I think it's both. I think that there's, Ben may not be ready for this, but Ben doesn't know that. And I think Sean is making him know that. I think if you keep showing up in your own apartment, 
Yeah. Okay. But like, I, I, I think it can be both things where is he poisoning the well? Yes. And also this might've been there. So I think it's both like, I don't think that, I think that Sean is severely expediting any realization Ben could have had here. And if, if you were to like, you know, if Ben keeps going back to the loft and every time he goes to the loft, Sean's like, did you break it off with Felicity yet? And then for breakfast the next morning, did you break it off with Felicity yet? And then the next day, did you break it off? Like, it is absolutely something he can't get away from in his brain now. And so he is going to continue to think down this road. He's going to, uh, you know, at the end of this episode, he's going to be in an opportunity where he can listen to Felicity's tape and he will. So it's like, I think it's both. Is Sean saying things that are accurate? Probably. Is it also making it accurate faster? Yeah. Because now Ben can't think about anything else when he's around Felicity. And that probably wouldn't have been the case before. I mean, before Sean's influence, what we see is these little montages of like Felicity and Ben kissing in the back room of Dina DeLuca and Javier looking at them just with a disapproval, a face of disapproval because they should be working. Um, you know, we see these little moments, these little, these little found moments of this like new romantic interest. And they otherwise would have been in that space for a lot longer. Yes. But I say what I'm seeing is take, if you take Sean completely out of this episode, what I'm seeing is Felicity saying she thinks she might be in love. And even though she kind of counteracts it um, in her, in one of her conversations with Ben, you know, when she says, look, if you're going to break up with me, just like do it, rip the bandaid off. Like, not like we were even dating, but like she feels like they're in a relationship and Ben thinks they're not. He's like, we might start dating. And when he hears the tape and he hears her say love, I think like, I think he looks like he's about to have a panic attack. Um, I mean, he does not seem at all okay with this. And I am like, taking Sean completely out of this episode, I am seeing Felicity being really into this relationship and Ben being pretty chill. And when I put Sean back in, I hear him giving Ben really good advice, which mm -hmm. is, this is a girl you could have a lifetime relationship with if you have it at the right time, when you're ready. Mm -hmm. And now, John may completely not be successful, and we may go ahead and see what happens as they continue to date. But if Ben doesn't break it off, he's going to fuck it up. Like, that, that to me just seems like what's going to happen. Felicity's going to get hurt, and of course, because this isn't real life, they can come back together, and apparently everyone can be friends because they're stuck in housing together like what's going on with Noel um but I don't know I just see Sean as 
Yeah, I think that Sean is is giving good advice. I think that I think that Ben is, or I think Sean's giving accurate advice. I think that Ben is, especially based on what I know about where he was before they broke for, from the last season. Ben wasn't ready for what Felicity could bring to the table, um, and I think that. Sean is also leading him down this path. So I like, there's no getting away from it now. I think Sean is a device in this episode. As much as he is an advice giver, I think he is a device because what they're saying here is that there needs to be tension here. Ben needs to like, maybe there is this underlying dynamic of Felicity is more serious than Ben, but it does us no good as writers if we can't communicate, find a way to communicate that to them and like make the characters know it. And so Sean's how we know, you know? And I think that if you're rooting for Ben and Felicity, is Sean saying inaccuracies? Probably not, but he's saying them and he's making it impossible for Ben to escape them, which is hard for somebody who wanted that to be a relationship because they had like a half minute together before this happened. You know, like we basically get one scene of them kissing in the back room with Dean and DeLuca and like a hand on the shoulder when Felicity is sharing the story with Javier before Sean bulldozes his way in. So I think it's, you know, like it's going to make it really hard to have those moments of like, it makes this relationship heavy from the beginning where, you know, they're just not going to get an opportunity to have um, like a carefree start to this, even if they want to. Because Sean's throwing around love and marriage in a way that Felicity hasn't done yet, um, with Ben at least. So it's like, I don't know. If, if Felicity knew that Sean were having this conversation with Ben, I'm not sure how she'd feel about Sean, <laughs> but... Oh, I don't think she would be happy. No, I don't think so either. And and she may or may not admit to herself, like, kind of whether there's truth in the dynamic or not. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it can, like I said, I think it can be both. I think that um, Sean is both poisoning the well and giving advice that's probably accurate. And it's, it's going to become a, like a thing that Ben's going to be thinking about. And it wouldn't have been a thing he was thinking about before. So, you know, it influences this action he takes at the end when he has this strange opportunity to be alone (laughs) in (laughs) Megan and Felicity's room, which by the way happened because one of their 46 advisees (laughs) wanted to bring a ferret into the dorm and Megan okayed it. And now it's a mess. So they have to deal with the ferret and Megan and Felicity go off to deal with the ferret. They have a a little moment about, you know, Megan showing her approval (laughs) of Ben. She's like, Hey, he's kind of cute. It's like one of the sweetest things we've seen happen. And in terms of an exchange between Megan and Felicity at this point, but it affords Ben a chance to sit and listen to the tape. Thank goodness. They're still making the tapes. I mean, what, how else would we, find this out i can't think of a single other way (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean at some point i have heard from you that we're going to stop having the tapes and 
I mean, I guess everything's just going to fall apart at that point. No, it will be this season and it'll make me feel much better about life because they will (laughs) then just decide not to keep like halfway doing their, their device. Um, yeah, just to quote Ben from this episode once more, in case you missed it the first few times I said it, what's that? Sally still making those? <laughs> yep. Felicity is still making them, but is she receiving them? Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens next because my view still is that Sean can't really poison the well because the well's already poisoned. Mm-hmm. Um, so could he bring a hastier demise to their initial startup relationship? Maybe. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to keep dating and all of Sean's good advice is going to just blow away. It's like Elena says, you know, the good advice that you just didn't take. Isn't it ironic? No, it's not. That I don't understand why that song is called ironic. Um, It's just bad judgment. (laughs) So... Uh I think they're going to keep dating and frankly, it's going to give us a lot to talk about. So it's not all bad. Sure. Well, we talked about them. I think I have basically one sentence to say about somebody else that was obviously important enough to be in the episode description. Um, We meet Berkey. (laughs) Yes, we do. What were your impressions impressions of Berkey? Okay. First of all, I'm not going to lie. I think he's hot. Okay. Um, and he's hitting on Felicity in mm-hmm. a, a very confident manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I, I like him. I like him and I hope he sticks around. And I kind of like the idea of him just hitting on Felicity for the whole season. But... I don't know, maybe like him and Megan could get together or him and somebody because I don't know. I just feel like he's that confident guy. Uh Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's your take on Brian Burke. Um, I like it. I mean, is he annoying and entitled? Yes, but he's also hot and cocky. I mean, what more do you want when you're like 18? I mean, I think you've got exactly the right read on him. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see they did their job and he knew the assignment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> excellent. I like how that worked out. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, are there other major themes from the episode that you wanted to bring up that we've missed? I don't think so. I think I only had a couple of pages of notes on this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of just like it's a bomb goes off sort of (laughs) like episode just like a bunch of little one little detonations all over the place yeah Um, and i I do think they are setting stuff up like i think they're setting up the sean and julie stuff i think they're setting up you know maybe noel and elena get to be more friendly um they're setting up that something's gonna happen good, bad, or other with Ben and Felicity, Javier's back. Um, You know, it's, I think there are things that we're going to track probably for a good part of the next season 
that they're just, you know, they're cleaning. I don't actually, I don't feel like they cleaned a lot of stuff up from last season. I feel like they changed some things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to be very interested to see how the Megan Felicity relationship evolves. Um, so I don't know all in all, I think the, the whole episode is just making me interested and exciting, excited to get into the rest of the season. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Well, except I really thought we were going to get to know about Mexico. No, not sorry. Really. That's not important for us to know, apparently. <laughs> um, look, I, <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. There are things that feel like they needed a little bit more explanation or development and uh, just got smashed in to explain, you know, quickly explain other things. That's what this episode was. Um, okay. Well, shall we head into the what the glob did they say segment? Yeah, I think I've just decided not to do that one this time. Okay. Well, there I have it. We're not I just wanted it. to see Melissa's face when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> so strange because you had all these ones queued up. You were like, okay, I've got one for sure. And then I've got like five <laughs> others. And then I watched you as you like take them down and you were like, okay, well, what's the top one or two? And, and you're just backing out. No, I, I was kidding. I just wanted to see how mad you'd get. Oh my God. <laughs> when, we, when we again didn't deliver. I was just so confused. I was like, what happened between when we talked before this and then just now I got punked. All right. So finish explain yourself. What's happening now? What are <laughs> happening? Uh, so we understanding are, We are doing the glove segment. Okay. We're yes. doing it. And We're there's multiple. There are multiple. There are three. I I will start with the third place, the second place, and then the first place. Hmm. Go for it. All right. Oh, wait, do we need to set this up? People know what this is, right? Um, I mean, we've done it a couple of times. Would you like to set it up? Sure. Fish is taking lines from the episode. And when it feels appropriate, censoring a random word with a glove. Yep. Just because it's fun. Yeah. That's, that's I think, uh, the move, right? Yeah, I think if any of you have seen, uh, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel, um, Today in Unnecessary Censorship, it's that, but with gloves, which yeah. is also my rating system. And um, yeah, you can you can fill in whatever word you'd like. So, we have sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have. Well, so you've got three that really stuck out at you from this episode. So let's let's start with number three. Yeah, this episode, I mean, not all of them have quite a few. And this one had like six that worked. So I had to pare that down to my top three. And the first one is when Felicity and Megan are confronted with the fact that they are again going to be roommates. So Felicity says, we're roommates again? And Megan says, that was kind of my reaction too, except angrier and louder. And in between we're and roommates, I added, whoa. 
Yeah. But that's, that's on the nose. That's real. That, that, that's real life. Yep. So you, you fill in whatever, whatever you think she put in between those two words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was number three. We have a countdown now to number two. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. This is Felicity talking about talking to Sally on tape. Uh, not when Ben's listening to it, but when she's actually recording it. Um, and there are different lines. So it's a little interesting to figure that out. So she's talking about Ben to Sally. And she says, I can't believe it. I used to just hope I'd run into him. And now here we are in the back room and making... Elena says she saw coming. Oh. Oh. Yeah. You have to go back and listen to that one again. It does involve some alternate spelling. Of glove? <laughs> of coming. Okay. Thanks. So, <laughs> have fun with that one. And this one I really think is the best. Um Again, we have so many wonderful parts of this show where, you know, just Felicity and Megan. It was all about Felicity and Megan. And Felicity is at it. And she has gone down to change her, her room assignment. And she, you know, as she explains it to the woman, uh, no, man, the man who was uh, hopefully going to save her. And she says, I've been with Megan Rotundi, another RA. And here's the thing. I can't with Megan Rotundi. We together last year, and it's real contentious. It's not good for me or for her or the advisees. And I was just curious if there's any way I can be reassigned. I just need another place to <laughs> my, gold. Yeah. Yeah. I put a little a little different uh thought to their relationship. Yeah. Well it's probably good that we're gonna get more and more of Megan <laughs> over time. It's gonna yeah. be a lot more glove opportunities here. Exactly. Well. Well, folks, that was the what the glove did they say? Seg- <laughs> <laughs> Which Melissa promised a new theme song for every time. And that's um, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Different key. I mix it, it up. It's okay. You know, yeah. we, she likes consistency as we have seen. I'm amazed. I remember it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's stuck. It's like a jingle now in my head and I can't get rid yeah. of it. Um, I think of it as like a little, um, like game show. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like the intro to the game show, but like the noise they make in between rounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Well, let's see. So, I mean, that was, that was, that was lovely. You picked a really good one for the top one there. Yeah. I would love to bring in a little listener feedback. We have a few things that I could mention here, but I think I'm going to, let's see. I'm going to mention three things. 
two, I'm just going to pull a little bit of feedback from the last episode of, of season one. Um, and then the other one is going to be a comment on kind of where we are right now. So um, we had two comments from at Anna Gone Bananas on Instagram, mm-hmm. both about the the first kiss for Ben and Felicity. Um, she said, first kiss for the books, TV first kiss of all first kisses. But also um, Anna mentioned about Bolero specifically being in that scene. She said, I loved it. It was so playful and confusing, almost like a dream, but not really. I feel like that's exactly what was playing in her confused head. So it's interesting because we had asked on Instagram about people's thoughts on Bolero. Some people liked it, some people didn't. Um, But I did think this was an interesting read on it, that this is the type of music Felicity would think is playing in the background, which does kind of track for me because I think that she has a knowledge of, I kind of get the sense that she might've listened to classical music with her family. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a way this sort of, I would believe that this could be a sound, her soundtrack playing in her head, even though that's not like, that song is playing many times when Ben encounters her in season one's finale. Um, but I do think that's an interesting understanding of the song. And I appreciate the feedback. Um, I would recommend that others go to that post on Instagram and see what well, everyone uh, actually had to say. No, I mean, others did. I mean, there, there was one person who was like, maybe Sarah McLaughlin would be better. Um, the, I mean, the, the, it's definitely like both sides of it. And I wanted to be upfront with that. Like we got both pieces of that feedback, but I think this was an interesting reason to like it. I th- like, I, I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, that this might be the, what did she say? I feel like that's exactly what was playing in her confused head. Um, I hadn't interpreted it that way, but it's kind of a cool take. Yeah. I mean, like, while I could see that, it kind of makes me want to slap her. So I am going to choose to not see it that way because Again, it was such a big turnoff for me mm-hmm. for the first kiss. And I I didn't want it to be a turnoff. Like yeah. I wanted them to have this great first kiss and it just ruined it for me. And so I don't want to have any more animosity towards Felicity or the production team or frankly, the composer. Oh no. I just... oh, well. No, that's fair. I think one of the reasons that I think this a comment is uh, especially interesting is that I believe it happens later in this season where Pachelbel is going to come up and Felicity has a knowledge of it as do a couple other characters. And so it does a little bit track for me that, that um, this is, I don't know if this is her go-to style of music. I don't think that it is, but I think because we've heard her listen to like the mixtape Noel made for her and that, although that that does have kind of weird music too. Um, But I do feel like she probably had, I have this sense that 
Felicity's parents listened to classical and like had it on for her because they thought it would make her like a better doctor from birth. <laughs> like yeah. I bet they like they were the type of parents who like had earphones on, you know, Felicity's mom's belly when she was still hero <laughs> <laughs> listening to like Bolero and Pachelbel. So I could. It's an interesting take. Um, I'm going to think about it because I can't think if there are other classical music references in this show but i know the pachelbel one is going to happen um yeah and maybe i'm just not remembering but i i kind of feel like art and music haven't played as much of a role in felicity's life as especially music because she did say she used to draw mm-hmm. but like i we never see her choosing music We never see her just in her room putting on music. I hardly ever was in my room alone at college without some sort of music. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it just, I always wanted to be listening to music. Mm -hmm. So it's so different to see her not doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe it just, it doesn't give us a chance that's true and maybe we will see it in future in the future i'm not sure that we will with music very much i think we have to take these moments when we get them of like hints um we'll get more with art for sure but music i have to think about that but nothing's jumping out at me besides the pock velvet um and besides the mixtape noel made where she's like oh i love that song but what was that song i don't even know um so yeah there's that but okay so here's a comment that's more about kind of on where we are with Ben and Felicity now this one's from at Vanessa Mene on Instagram um she says just like in season one with Julie he chased after Julie because she was safe she was a filler girl you could tell, though, there were moments between Julie and Ben where it didn't even come close to Ben and Felicity. I feel like he always liked her even before college, but she being an introvert made her untouchable until he wrote what he did in her yearbook. He opened up. He opened her up as she helped him overcome his troubles. Um, what do you think about that, Fish? So it's it's kind of smashing together thoughts about julian and thoughts about felicity but there's a there's a thought that like maybe he actually liked her even before college all the time um i think it's interesting how many different interpretations there are of like what ben actually feels for felicity so what do you what do you think about this i mean i haven't seen enough so far of their actual relationship together to to see how they are together um i think we've seen as as friends and when he was at moments when i thought he was starting to like her and you know maybe even put some moves on her in season one that there is kind of an electricity there Mm-hmm. that there certainly wasn't with Julie. I mean, with Julie, it was, you know, we had these really nice scenes up front, you know, where, yes, he pursued her, 
but he was kind about it and and then he was very supportive of her and the whole poetry on the bed thing but then everything turned you know sour and the bad habits you're talking about and even at their best moments i don't feel the same electricity as like the scene where felicity and ben are carving the pumpkin mm-hmm. you know it's it's just the heat wasn't there um but i do i i just can't agree that i think he liked her before yeah i was wondering college. about that i'm gonna I think go i think he was read. a nice guy and i think he saw her around but i still maintain what he wrote in her yearbook is just like he was just trying to be nice and he never thought he'd see her again and and so he wrote something honest which is yeah you know i've thought about you but like you know he's a guy he sees a girl around he may have thought of her but i don't think he ever had a crush on her i don't think he thought that much about her i think Mm -hmm. he was very popular he dated people all through high school and he wrote one message to a girl he thought he would never see again just being honest and nice Mm -hmm. in a moment you know and it just did not turn out that that was the girl to do that with Mm. (laughs) you know um or maybe it was and it was faded but but i don't think this is the normal reaction to a yearbook message of any type um it was a device and it got them together and i am hoping to see what happens with them being together now because i have a feeling it's gonna be pretty hot well, we will see. We will I mean, just I, have to wait yeah. and see. But I thought that was uh, something that might get some interesting reaction from you. So, yeah. Uh, I mean. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What did you think? Well, let's see. <clears throat> so just like in season one with Julie, he chased after Julie because she was a safe or filler girl. So I think there's a comparison. Like if I kind of take this piece by piece, um, I think. The, uh, Vanessa's pointing to a tendency for him to chase a girl that he saw it with Julie. She thinks she's seeing it with Felicity. She also labels Julie as like a safe space. Um, I, I wonder if Ben sees Felicity as safe. Uh, I wonder if I, if I think that, um, but I do think the chase element certainly still strikes through to me. Um, you could tell there were moments between Julie and Ben where it didn't even come close to Ben and Felicity. I would agree with that. I think that uh, he had a chemistry with Julie. He had an interest with Julie. And I think that there is something deeper with Felicity and Ben, whatever that thing is or how you would label it. I think even in the very first, in the pilot episode, you know, where he's got her on the roof and he's like, you make me think about things. Um, you know, he's saying stuff to her that's, a speech and he doesn't give a lot of speeches and he he's he's saying that something about her like he inspires her in a different way than other people do but I don't know if he knows what that way is 
Um, but he says that from the first episode. And then you, like you mentioned, there are these little moments where we see these sparks, um, but it, nothing's been solidified. So it is sort of interesting to see that dance that they have in terms of feeling like he liked her even before college, but being an introvert made her untouchable. I don't know that I think that he had a crush on her and he was writing that in her yearbook. And that was the underlying piece of it. Um, but I do think that what he wrote in her yearbook was far more than you would write to an acquaintance normally. I think if I look back at my own high school yearbook and I look at what every acquaintance wrote, it was either best wishes for the future, best and sign their name, keep in touch, or if they were really acquaintances, K-I-T, <laughs> which meant keep in touch, or if they really had nothing to say to me, they just signed their name. There were five iterations of what acquaintances <laughs> wrote in my yearbook. And anybody who wrote more than that had more experiences with me. And my sense is that Ben had not had experiences with her. So that would have been in, in my, like, if I look at the landscape that I saw <laughs> in yearbooks, that was like the type of thing somebody would write. Like only good friends took up a page. Yeah, I don't um, know that, that took up a page. It took but... up a lot of space, though. So I feel like he, um, he, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he had a crush on her, but she was an introvert and that made him feel like he couldn't approach her. I don't, I don't necessarily think that he had like feelings for her, but I am confused by, I am also confused by his yearbook message as confused as Felicity might've been because it, it is more than the status of their relationship uh, would have warranted from a yearbook message. Um, it was, was it a nice thing to do? Sure. It's just for somebody who like never, they never talked. <laughs> so <laughs> like well, for him to write that seems like a really deep reveal. Well, it's sort of a question for me and, and we're never going to get the answer to this. Right. But what did he write in everybody else's yearbook? Because didn't you have maybe like one person in your school who was just like a nice person and was going to take time and write something thoughtful in everybody's yearbook that no. asked them? No. Okay. Uh, the only we people... had a couple people like that. <laughs> yeah, we. I there there were people who wrote um not a full page but like a quarter of a page or like an eighth of a page of a message and all of those people for me were people who had had experiences with me they would mention like a thing that we knew or like when what period in school we saw each other in or like they would mention something that we knew that we had in common sort of for posterity um and then maybe like also the obligatory best wishes for the future and then their name, um, but nobody who didn't know me wrote more than their name or like a one-liner. Yeah. So it would be hard for me. I, I can't think of anybody who like I had a comparable experience of this with. Um, so I think I would have seen it as confusing to get that level of information from him. Um, but I mean, he, you know, it is a bit of a shame, I guess, that we will never ever in this series unpack 
what he wrote in his mind. Like it will never get in his thoughts that far back of what he, what he felt. You're like, we're never going to do a flashback or there will never be a moment where, where like a bunch of characters sit around for exposition and like, Hey, that, that, that yearbook message that kicked off all these shenanigans. What inspired yeah. that man? Like, we're never going to get That's that moment. That's my question. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. like, Felicity is never like, hey, what was up with that message? Yeah, we don't ever get that, which I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, it does, it would certainly solve a lot of queries that we've all been positing. <laughs> but I don't know. Is it maybe good that they don't go there? I don't know. Um, maybe it's good for us to, to wonder and to have these conversations and to talk about our own experiences, but. And it does allow us to have different views of like, maybe again, it was fate that brought them together. And maybe there was something that intrigued him and he never got to know about it because yeah, he was a popular guy and, and the fact that she was introverted did probably throw up a wall. Like had she been she's obviously gorgeous right like Mm -hmm. even though they were trying to make her ugly they still didn't succeed um so she's gorgeous she's it had she been outgoing and like coming to parties in a bikini and stuff and hanging out he might have gotten to know her but she wasn't Mm -hmm. she was introverted and and maybe a little intriguing and he thought about her a couple of times and he wrote that Mm -hmm you know? Um, but yeah, I don't, I I can definitely see the point about being introverted, creating walls, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't go as far as to say, I thought he had a crush on her. Yeah. I I don't think he did either, but yeah, it's interesting to think about like the, the origin story of this and from his perspective, you know, like, he wrote that what was what were his thoughts why was he doing that um you know it's but we'll never we'll never get the only thing we really get context about for him on that day is we get more information about the fight he was having with his mom you know like we're, we've been getting that you know we his dad wasn't there his dad did not show up at his graduation and so he's when we encounter Ben for the first time and he writes that message to Felicity in the yearbook, it's at a moment where he's pretty agitated uh, and he's like dealing with yet another disappointment and that we do know, but we don't really get much of a picture of what his, you know, what his, we don't get a slice of life for him at that time beyond that. But yeah. So Okay, we've talked through all kinds of things here. What more is there to do than rate this episode? You know, here we are. We're just getting back into ratings for season two. We have a we have a big we have big big shoes to fill that we that we laid out for season <laughs> one for ourselves. So I don't know. Do you want to kick off with your rating here? I can kick off this time. Ooh. Um so I am gonna give this one an eight point five gloves i really liked this episode i liked the lighter brighter shooting you know i i liked all the colors i thought there was so much humor 
with Javier and the cheerleading roommates uh-huh. and loving the, the chemistry between all of the cast members. I know you said that you felt most fulfilled in the moment where everything kind of blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel more fulfilled with those, uh, I don't know, quieter, vengeful moments, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that Julie had to say. The seething under the, under the surface. Yeah. Yes. That whole scene with Noel to me was just like, ugh, like, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, and I like that, that Sean was Yoda. I mean, there, there's so many things that I liked about this one. So I did not like the fact that we will never find out what happens in Mexico. <laughs> um, I assume and, he got some sort of a job, like a menial, not menial, like a labor job of some sort. I assume he just hung out with a bunch of his guy friends from college or from my school and drank and maybe surfed Could be. and hooked up with chicks. But Maybe he found hey, Todd Mulcahy and they went to skate I parks mean, again. Definitely a maybe. <laughs> kind of doubt that Todd is married at this point but he's probably recovered from all of his just horrendous amount of injuries (laughs) 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 oh man okay Um, and you know I have to take it with a grain of salt that like everything is so convenient so it does get dinged a little bit for that stuff but all in all one of one of my better liked episodes, I think. I mean, I'm going to say one of my favorites, but like there were a few others that were even more favorited, but I, I really like this one. Okay. All right. Well, for this one, I... Um, well, what your rating won't be. And it yeah. won't be Prince Humperdinck's, Prince Humperdinck's baggage. Yeah, if that had something to do with Felicity by more than just like <laughs> the six degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of approach, uh, that would be my rating. But because it's not actually about Felicity, I can't go there. Um, what I will go with is cheerleading twins. Ah. Which feels. Uh, it actually kind of feels like the lower you rate it, the better given that that is your unit of measurement well and maybe where i chose to rate this does have some bearing on the measure (laughs) that i chose for this i did not like it as much as you did um so i I, first well no i mean we've swapped around a little bit before but i gave this one a 6.8 cheerleading twins um of course there's the obligatory it gets dinged because not only do we not have a tape from sally but we're talking about the fact that we don't have a tape from sally (laughs) uh oh but but no one threw up no thank god but what really uh, the the majority of what comes off for this episode comes from the 
there's too convenient. There are too many things that are too convenient for me. And I know that you're willing to sort of, sort of put that aside. And, and there's a lot of really good relationship stuff that happens here. And there's literally no reason for it to happen. <laughs> so it's yeah. just, I have yeah. to, it's harder for me to get past the idea that like, I'm very glad they're having these conversations in these scenarios. Cause that is the tension we need and they needed to get into it somehow. And they, gosh, um, there are just so many times I was like, I roll like, okay. <laughs> it was like the, like, how long have we been in this prison together? Sort of exposition stuff. That's like, okay. I mean, yeah, there's the Mexico bit, but there's also, I don't know, just like the little, even the little things like, you know, why were both Ben and Felicity okay with going to the bar? They knew <laughs> all the people that they knew we're likely to be at, you know, how many bars are there? Um, how many different places are there to get? I don't know. Like, or you have how... a fake ID, you have a fake ID, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, like there's just so many, th- you know, and even. How could Julie show up at the exact same moment as Felicity to try to change her room? There's that, you know, there's the, and I know that you tried to walk me through this, but I feel a little weird still when I say asbestos. Um, There were just a lot of things here that I think if they had been further in, like, it's, I don't know if it's because it's episode one, Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like when they're further into a season, they don't have to do this stuff as much because they're able to story their way into it. And they didn't have that here. So they had to randomly assemble people who currently hate each other to make them sit in a room together and all want to stay there to have conversations. And um, I liked the conversations. I just didn't see them all wanting to do this. But yet it had to happen. So I guess good conversations, but a little too implausible in too many cases. And like, well, we just need this to happen. So here's one line to make it make sense, but it still doesn't, but that's fine because we still want the conversation. Um, so yeah, that's where my six point eight comes from. And it's no reflection on the quality of work that was done in the conflict. You know, like in all these scenes, the one-on-ones or the group scene where there's like these like detonations that are happening, they were great. They were well-acted, they were well-written. And it was just like, um, I don't know. It was just awkward getting into them. So, but but I feel like we're back now. Right? We have these things that we've set up. We have these, however implausible they are, scenarios where people are living together and like we've, we've set it up. And so I want to release my feelings about this going into episode two so that I can accept this is the reality and you know, we're, we're, we're now working within it. So that's my, that's my take. I think that is completely fair. And I want, I wonder how I'm going to feel in the future when we get to episode one of season three and season four, because I feel like if I'm remembering correctly, the season one cliffhanger was the biggest cliffhanger they ever tried to do um, between seasons. So there's one thing that I am thinking about and I'm wondering where it was from a timing standpoint, but I don't believe it wasn't at the end of a season. Um, so they had 
a bit of a sort of stop and start thing that had to happen here. Whereas in some of the other seasons, they, I think they'll flow a little better um, because they won't be, they won't have completely broken the story to create mystery, which is probably bad for ratings, but <laughs> better on a binge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my thoughts. I am looking forward to it. I just am. Yeah, I, I agree. And we also want to hear from all of you. Um, we've loved all the feedback that we've seen coming in from season one, and we'd love to know what your thoughts are on season two and beyond. So go ahead, send us your feedback or Felicity fan art or whatever you want to share with us. You can write to us at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Felicity podcast. Lots of fun people there having conversations about this show. And in case you want to be informed when we drop a new episode, we do have a newsletter that goes out on the days when we put a new episode out. So you can sign up, you can find the link to sign up for the newsletter in the show notes, wherever you listen to this one. And yeah, we are going to keep plowing through on season two or or next time we're going to talk about the second episode, which is called the list. Um, and I'm going to say there's some iconic stuff that happens in that one. Uh, yeah. So that should be interesting indeed. Uh, what do you think I mean when I say that? I mean, it's hard not to think of the friends episode where, um, uh, what's his name? Um, David Schwimmer's character, Ross. Ross. Mm-hmm. where Ross makes that list about Rachel. I mean, that Ooh. that just has to be what I think of okay. when I hear it. And I'm like, oh, goodness. Like, just Felicity make a list, because I don't feel like Ben makes lists. Does Felicity make a list about Ben <sighs> and he finds it? And I'm like, oh, my, oh, my goodness. Well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. <sighs> yep, that's what I did to you. Thank you for your contribution and sharing what you predict will happen. We appreciate you and your work. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's, is there anything else you wanted to say about this episode, Fish? I don't think so. I'm just, I'm happy to be back and I'm going to be jumping onto Instagram and checking out all the things I missed. So I'm excited about that too. Excellent. All right. Well, I guess we've done it all here. So until next time, fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.